Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? It's your host with the most, it's your boy KB. How you guys doing today? Before we get started with the show, I always like to start off with a sound clip, uh, give a little bit of acknowledgement to uh, the Purdue you know, alumni or to Purdue sports or Purdue in general. So college basketball, the NCAA tournament for men and women are happening. And I want to give a big shout out to both teams, but one team's playing in the tournament and hopefully next year. Um, I'm not sure if the, uh, the women's team is playing in the in NIT, but they didn't qualify to make it into the 64. Um, but I do want to acknowledge Coach Painter and I want to be able to acknowledge, you know, a big win. We'll be there. 81 to 69, our final score. The Bordermakers take care of the Hoosiers. When you look at today on the show, it's halftime. Today on the show, we're going to talk about halftime and saying, making adjustments, looking at the film, the film being your life, identifying how to do a skill that we, a mantra that we use um, in the car business or in, in the sales world is crick, which is clarify, rephrase, isolate, and close. I want to talk about some of my personal experiences that I've been you know, struggling with um, as I'm trying to prepare for the second half of my life. Um, I like to use some basketball terminology to make it referable, but I also want to be able to talk about from a personal standpoint. When we hear sports and on the coaching corner, we're going to make it very basketball focused because there's a lot of people that we look up to as athletes that were coaches. And as an athlete, I don't think you understand the responsibility of a coach and vice versa. As you transition being the first athlete to do something, the pressure that comes along with that, you know, and, and, and I look at, well, where are you coaching and what sport are you playing in? So the first time that we're going to crick the conversation is let's clarify, rephrase and isolate and close the first half. If you're an athlete, if you are just listening to this, when you look at the first half of your life, who was involved? Who inspired you and why are you in, in what got you motivated to go into a certain direction for all the athletes? What got you into sports? 1982, I was born. Um, I ended up going to Purdue at, you know, 2000. So 18 years, you know, who were people that were influential in your life before you were able to go to college? Who helped prepare to be able to allow for that opportunity to be there and make it you know, like, oh, I want to go to that next level. When I look at coaching and diversity and not necessarily knowing as an athlete, the stage was set for greatness. I'll be able to bring this person up, um, Carolyn Peck. She has been phenomenal um, in what she's done for black women as she's acknowledged uh, the role, um, not only as a player, but also as a coach and being able to set the bar extremely high and allow for people to go chase that bar. So let me give you a sound clip from Carolyn Peck you know, a basketball coach, a black woman, a female basketball coach that's won a national championship at Purdue. So how was she able to go 29 and one? How? But let's hear what her mindset was, you know, what helped prepare her to be the woman she was in the second half of her career. 
long after she was an athlete? What changed? So let's clarify, rephrase, and isolate and close. How are we able to take being an athlete and then become a coach? How are we able to take what happened in our first half of our life and be prepared for the second half? But let's listen to Coach Peck first. About being the first African-American woman to win a national championship until a reporter asked me about it after the game. And then I had to reflect and really think about the opportunity that I had was because of Coach C. Vivian Stringer and Marion Washington, Marianna Freeman, George Rivlin. I remember I had the privilege of meeting all of those coaches when I got my first coaching job at Tennessee and uh, Pat allowed me to go to the Black Coaches Association. And For one second there to all the athletes and let's ask that question, especially to the listeners in the States, um, to the listeners that went to Lansing Sexton. Can you name a black coach right now that you were either coached by or are still at Lansing Sexton. For all my Grand Rapids Union listeners, to all my listeners, can you, if you're an African-American or you're a minority, can you name a minority or an African-American coach that stuck out to you that's still at your old high school? The reason I bring this up is because the turmoil that I'm challenged with in the first half of my life as I transition into the second half of my life at 38 years old is reconnecting to the start. So at halftime, I'm like, all right, well, how can I, Kelly Butler, a former athlete that's gone through some trials and tribulations, give back to the community that gave me so much? And I say, well, where did this all start? Well, sports at the high school level started at Lansing Sexton. I was there for a year. And in that year, I had an opportunity to coach, play on the varsity basketball team and also play on the freshman football team. I had an opportunity to be in a very diverse, you know, community of athletes. And I lived extremely close to the school in proximity. So when I look at being able to look at the diversity in, you know, the area I grew up in, also understanding the culture of having strong black men in a predominantly black school, um, that was huge. It still is now. But the question is, as I look at Union, the, the school that I transitioned into my sophomore, junior, and senior year, the ability to give back to Union seems to be much more easy because players want to do that. Now, did we have the level of caliber of athletes and celebrities come out of Union? No. But at Lansing Sexton, a perennial powerhouse in sports, a perennial powerhouse in sports. Here we are. Listen to this clip. Listen to this clip. We call an individual into existence. And when that individual comes, I make no apologies for what I'm about to say. I'm America's worst nightmare. I'm young, black, and holding my nuts like I love being young and black and having a signature style. At a, I love it. Look at Jalen Rhodes' signature style now compared to when he was playing at Michigan. Smooth. Stylish. He always remembered where he came from. Even when somebody in his crew didn't stand up. Chris Webber is my favorite basketball player. You know, I, I, people say I look like Chris Webber. Um, and he was a perennial All-American. They grew up together and then they went in different directions. Chris Webber went one place and Jalen Rose went somewhere else. In this story, people that are listening to this might look at me as Chris Webber. 
Or they might look at me as Jalen Rose, but we were part of a special team with BFL, as was the Fab Five, part of a special team that through history, things changed. So at halftime, you know, when Coach Howard decided to come back to Michigan, you know, at halftime, when Jawan, excuse me, Jalen Rose decided to do a 30 for 30, certain people made it more difficult for the greater good of, you know, sports, for legacy, and for culture. So at the end of the day, at halftime, who are we hurting more by not communicating about what we grew up in? As a black man from Lansing, Michigan, with a group of black men that we created a fraternity, now some of my fraternity brothers want to forget where we are because our fraternity is falling apart being sexton. I'm looking at the future and asking myself, how can I be better? Kelly Butler? Kelly Butler was able to be a part of this, but I never became, I was able to be a part of Purdue. History, 2000 to 2004, phenomenal years. But there was somebody before me that I acknowledged that was there from 1996 to 2000 that set the stage. He's the reason why I went there. So I always got to give kudos to my mentors, my older brothers. So Matt Light is somebody that recruited me and I would go into, you know, looking at the first half of why I went to Purdue and looking at what happened to people that left Purdue and where they are and what they've done in the community. Four kids of my own and going through school with them. And, you know, as much as I dream about their future, I can also reflect back on a time when I was like that and making a switch from, you know, the junior squad to the varsity squad from Pee Wee to you know, the real deal at high school. And then, you know, this jump here to college and beyond, it's just been a, you know, it's been something I look back on it now and I say I've been extremely blessed, very fortunate, and been able to hang around a lot of very interesting people and learn a lot along the way, you know, and that's that's what life's all about. And, you know, this, um, you know, this this night definitely uh, helps kind of put everything in perspective when it comes to my college career and things we were able to do here as a, uh, team that I think a lot of people didn't have a whole lot of hopes for, but a bunch of guys are scrapped together and put their best foot forward every week and worked hard and accomplished a great deal in a very short period of time. Proud of the guys I was able to do it with, and you know it's um, definitely a dream come true when you look at it. You know it was uh, unexpected, you know, and, and so that's why you talk about the turns in life and how they occur. Uh, the, the, the Purdue hire really wasn't unexpected in the sense that uh, we had had a great year at, at Wyoming and we were starting to get calls from other universities and so, uh, you know, Morgan and Jim Coletto, Coach Coletto agreed that uh, he wasn't going to coach anymore and, uh, you know, so Purdue was the first one with their iron in the fire. That's the term out west for when you're branding, you know, right. the first guy in gets a hot iron, gets the brand first. So, you know, uh, actually I was involved in the Purdue job before really Minnesota was ready to do anything, Illinois was ready to do anything, you know, these other jobs around the country. There were there were four Big Ten jobs yeah, that, that year. year. Right. And I knew I wasn't going to IU. I just, uh, just you know, once you coach at Purdue, you just can't do you, know, you can't do that. So, uh, yeah. I, I had an incredible visit here, and uh, you know, I grew up in a very small town. And first game I saw college-wise, I was playing in it. First NFL game I saw. So, uh, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, thinking about 
you know, these big plans and the dreams and all that kind of stuff. I always just wanted to go out and do, you know, my job and right. go 100 mile an hour. I love running into people, so football is a natural thing. And as far as Purdue, you know, really, I, I uh, you know, was able to visit several schools and uh, sit down and, and go through that process of the recruiting and, you know, kind of the, oh, I don't know what else you want to call it, but the courting of college football. And, you know, I was just blown away by, you know, what Purdue represented and the history and the, the people and, you know, really, really even the guys that were here when I took my recruiting visit. I mean, all of that stuff factored into it. And, you know, of course, it ended up working out pretty good because five years later we played in the Rose Bowl, went to the Alamo Bowl a few times and visited Tampa. So, And when you say a few years later, it ended up working out. And that was Matt Light. Uh, big kudos to Matt. He is, uh, you know, the all-time great to me. His style as a leader, um, his ability to um, turn it on and turn it off, um, his ability to to motivate other people and have a signature style, and then the transition to go to New England. And I think that's the part where people understand the transition from college to the league, from being on a local radio station to a national radio station, to being syndicated, to being just a household name or to having, you know, more at stake. You know, when you study something and then you have to go get a job to perform, there's a lot that comes along with that. So as a professional athlete, I look at the first time around, I didn't do so well. And I look at, all right, well, as athletes, when we stop being athletes and we're still now still competitors, the second half I ask myself is this, you know, when we switch over, you know, what do we learn? What do we learn being a part of our team? The BFL team or the Purdue team, the Purdue team or the Lions and your team. Those group of people that you go to battle with, your family, your clan, your, your tribe, your crew, those guys that you started with. I started with BFL. Then I went to Union and we became united. Then I went to Purdue a family of just people that I had a choice to be able to be a part of. I did my due diligence and said, these are the individuals in this environment that I want to be able to associate with. So now when I look at history in the first half, what history has BFL done to get back to Lansing? Where are we at now? How are we there? What are we doing now? And each one of us has a different role to play. Kelly Butler has a role to play as doing it for one year. Now, everybody else on that group that was on that freshman team that was in that class, we have a responsibility to our community to keep giving back and keep doing better. In the second half, the halftime is saying clarify, rephrase, isolate, and close and ask, what is going on? Why is it hard for people to be accountable? I've made mistakes. I was not necessarily prepared to be a college athlete nor a professional athlete. A lot of times along the, long, along the way, I had to make different decisions and adjust. But in adjusting at halftime, let's think about a halftime. When you've gone through your life and you're at halftime right now as you're listening, what are your adjustments going to be? Clarifying, rephrasing, isolating, and closing. So Kelly, what do you want to do in the second half? Should be the question first. What do you want to do next?
I'm going to tell you guys right now, please, if you're under a certain age, cover your ears. At halftime, I remember this Bowling Green versus Purdue. I think we're ranked number 10 in the nation. We were, it was the first game of the season. We weren't playing very well. We didn't play very well. Um, and Bowling Green had a special player. Uh, played with him um, at Cleveland, drawing a blank. Uh, Josh Cripps played for Bowling Green, and he was special. At halftime, the first half, he was playing extremely well. Played well enough to beat us in the second half also and won the game. But at halftime, Coach Tiller, he had some choice words for us. As you listen to what I'm about to say, listen very, very closely. Listen so I can talk to you so you can hear me. Because I guess this is the only way we can talk now because Coach Tiller would talk in person. He'd see your eyes. He'd look you in your face and eyes up. He would challenge you to do better than you've done in the past if you're happy with the results. So if we at BFL are happy with the results at Sexton and where it is in the community, the black community as a whole, and uh, I'm just talking about Lansing, Michigan right now, and BFL and Lansing, if you're happy, keep doing it that way. Second half will look like the first half. But why does it look so bad right now? Might need to do more by more people in that group. And yeah, 10 years and 20 years, listen very carefully. We were all there. We all know what happened. We all know what happened that day in BFL. We all know what changed. At least I do, or certain members. So when you watch film, we all know who didn't play well. We all know, oh man, that was a Hail Mary. Oh man. During those Aaron Rodgers Hail Marys, one time the other team caught the ball and it changed the, the course of the game. Oh, you know, that changed the course of history for us. I no longer had the love of the game because there was a loss. We all know that in BFL, don't we? That's why we're doing the scholarships for my mother. That's why we're doing the scholarships for other people in BFL. So as we look at people's past, where is Charles right now? I talk to his friends. Now, as I talk to my teammates about where we want to go in the second half for history as black athletes or black businessmen or black entrepreneurs or black mentors, where do we want to go in the second half? Clarify, rephrase, isolate, close. What's next? Should I not acknowledge that I've had long conversations with certain people in um, our fraternity, our brothers, that seem to have changed uh, our code of conduct and our mission statement? Should I talk to our mentors that break down and cry to me because in Lansing, it seems that, yeah, I haven't been there for 20 years. Yeah, sure. What's your excuse? What is your excuse to not give back to something that's giving you so much? This can be BFL, Black for Life. I have the tattoo on my arm. What do you think I'm talking about? Brothers for Life? Black for Life. What makes it so hard to give back that what's giving you so much? Death before dishonor. It says BFL, Black for Life. Just in case I forgot. Death. Before dishonor. 
at times, I thought it was honorable to be able to provide a service of being able to make sure everybody was taken care of. I made mistakes. I'm not dead now. And in the second half, I will save the words that Coach Tiller said. Because the actions, we didn't get the results in that game. Did Coach Tiller give up and say, oh, man, guys, you guys lost to a team that we were supposed to beat. We were prepared. Oh, <laughs> we watched film. When you watch film and see how bad you played, you have one or two things to do. Acknowledge it or not acknowledge it, but you're going to watch it in front of the team and you're going to be held accountable. You will be called out in front of the team, first of all. Then you'll be called out in front of your defense or offensive group or special teams. Then you'll be called out in your position group. Then we'll be corrected multiple times. Then we'll walk through it. And then from there, it should be able to be a changeable behavior for the next game. And if that's not good enough talking, we're going to go practice it. Now, how do you practice getting something right? You have to go compete. So if you lost a game in football and we didn't play well, we would watch film and then we would practice. But Coach Tiller was like, all right, I guess we weren't prepared. So we went live. We had a live scrimmage the day after the game. And boy, oh boy, did we play like it was the real game. Yes, we did a goal line situation. So if you want to go with a goal line situation, regardless how much weight I have or haven't lost, not losing anymore in the second half because I studied film. I took it serious. At 38 years old, I can't change the past, but I can change my team. I can change members on the team. Give a fuck if you don't like me. You might not like yourself, so you don't like me. Cool. That doesn't change the fact that you're going to perform and eventually you're going to have to look at what you put on paper or put on sound or put on film. At the end of the day, when you look at yourself and say, it's halftime, am I calling you out or are you just happy where you are? Is it unreasonable to say that we can do more to give back to our community, black community? 100%. Is it unreasonable to say that regardless where we start, as long as we're in the game and above ground, we should be able to move forward? It's March Madness, boys and girls. Basketball is starting. Yeah, they'll have number one seeds up to 16 different levels. One, two, three. Competing against different teams. But the probability of all the number one teams making it to the final four and the overall number one team winning it without there being any upsets, upsets or setbacks, there's a halftime for a reason. Sometimes you go into a game plan. Some people get injured. Some people transfer. Some people just don't want to play the game anymore. But I needed to know. So how do I know? I challenge you to what I have a problem with. In order to crick or clarify, rephrase, I say in close, we have to identify the problem and do what's next and ask questions. But we have to have a civilized conversation with each other. But in order to do that, you have to have somebody on the other side that's willing to communicate and understand, hey, what's the greater good here? What's next? I got a daughter. Some of my friends make good music, but my daughter won't listen to your music because the way you portray women. I don't remember you having that much freedom to portray women like that when we was in grade nine. As a dad of a daughter, I don't think that's the most appropriate music or role models, you being who you are in the music industry. But that's your thing. You a grown ass man as you talk to me in my text. I'll leave it at there. I, ain't gotta, I don't have to support your business, man. I ain't gonna buy your product. You know, you have to go out there and stay in your lane, the lane that you created. The imagery that you create 
Now, once you create that, if it becomes uncomfortable and you don't want to change that, you stuck. You think I'm enjoying having these conversations with my friends and looking at their habits saying, man, I was there, made those mistakes and didn't reconnect. And we're young. At 38 years old, I'm a young man. There's still a lot of living ahead of me. So if I keep making the same mistakes in the first half, then the second half is not going to look so good. Now, what we might see on TV, that's the TV copy. I want everybody to understand because it's going to be a quick hitter today. It's halftime. It's going to be a quick hitter and Coach Kinsella's not here, so I'm going to do half the show. So I'll be out of here in like, you know, next five, 10 minutes. When you watch the TV copy, guys, a bunch of different camera angles, edited, you know. So when you look at Instagram, you look at Facebook, you look at a few pictures, that's just a piece of the bigger picture. I'm giving you little pieces to put together my production of Four Sisters, The Push, Kelly Butler. The brand is what I'm branding is believing and growing through adversity. At times, some of my people and my friends, you know what? They want to portray something that they're not on, on social media. And when I want to try and get a hold of them, they don't want to get a hold of me. And then they want to pop off on social media. I don't care about social media. I was on the radio for five years, seven years, on TV for three years. Number one radio station in Canada, you know? So it's like, what you do there and what I do here, we both know the situation. Or maybe you don't know what I do here. And maybe I don't know who you are there. But I'm prepared for the second half, how to deal with you better than I thought I was dealing with you in the first half of my life. If you ain't dealing with people so good in the second half of your life, and you're asking yourself, why are they still in your life? Clarify, rephrase, isolate, and close. And if the problem is you guys shouldn't be in each other's lives, then move on. But have enough courage to have the conversation at halftime and don't get played because I'm trying to play on your team. I got a team of people that want to play. I want to go out there and be a free agent and be able to do collabos and work and bring talent and work with people. I was trying to work with my friends and family to build businesses to give back to our community. We are building a better team. As Coach Tiller left Wyoming, there was a few options. You know, he said he could go to Illinois. He could go to a couple of places. Like, I ain't going to IU. There's no way in the world I'm going to Michigan State. We beat y'all too much. You're not that good at it in sports. You know, 20 years ago, Gene Cady was beating y'all in basketball and Coach Tiller's been kicking y'all ass in football for years. Nick Saban was getting his ass kicked before he went to Alabama. Just saying, is Nick Saban better than Coach Tiller? God, no. Coach Tiller had the same athletes as Nick Saban, though they recruit different athletes, different styles. The life after football for Alabama athletes and Purdue athletes, we'll see. Let's see how many engineers and how many doctors and how many CEOs and how many astronauts go to Alabama. I don't know. I'm going back to Purdue. So at one phase of my life, I thought I knew it all. But when you have to recreate yourself and all you can do is scratch records, or block people, shit. When that no longer becomes valuable, then you become, you know, dispensable or a dispensary. Or you become replaceable. And whatever, you're a prop. You got to become a brand. So at the end of the day, education is teaching me to have character in branding and be better. I make mistakes. We all do. But if we're going to go out there and have a culture of being better black businessmen, better black, better you got to change. You got to make an adjustment. You have to clarify, rephrase, isolate, and close. And then you got to go back in and compete. And regardless if you like me or not, I don't fucking care because I'm going to go compete. Because guess what? Ask yourself, if you reached out as much as I did to you guys, behind the scenes, it wouldn't have been so hard to come back home. I don't necessarily want to go out there and share all of our dirty laundry in BFL, but... 
you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I remember the pictures because I didn't have the parents to talk to. You guys are my brothers and stay my brothers. I don't give a fuck if y'all niggas acting like bitches right now. We family. So, yeah, I will see you, Calvin, as a grown-ass man. I'll come to Atlanta and have a conversation with you. CJ Quinney, you're my brother. I will have a conversation in Atlanta. I can do two for one. And we'll speak and understand this. I'm not hiding anything anymore. And I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong that you put on a lot of, of our family, our friends. We've created better black businesses. We've created better black processes for our education. We've been engineering better food, better health, better water fountains at Sexton. I want us to be a pioneer in school because at Union, the new head coach over there, Coach Fellows, what's up, baby? My guy, he's raising a million dollars at Union. Think about that. He's got a million dollars guaranteed coming to my school that I went to in Grand Rapids. A mill ticket that he's going to donate to the football team, to athletics, to the school. What could you do with a million dollars, Coach Bogan? I'm going to help you get it. It's your boy, KB. We're working together. Um, and the reason I say I'm going to help you get it, Coach Bogan, is because if one person is holding you, holding up something, run them over on the football field. Run around them, but don't let somebody be a speed bump and stop you. Uh-oh, run out of time. We got to get back in the game, boy. It's halftime. Ask yourself, can you do better? Did we learn something? Did we clarify, rephrase, and isolate and close? Did we hear great coaches with Carolyn Peck? Did we hear a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete with Matt Light? Did we hear a legendary coach with Coach Tiller? And can I tell you a story about my bird? My bird, <laughs> my boy bird, Antoine Rogers. Loyalty and respect is everything. He's going to be on the show. So the reason why I went to Purdue is because of my man, Antoine Rogers. He committed, I committed, I kept, his, I kept 100, I kept my word. And then we play against Ohio State. And he's from Midland. And I'm like, when you take adversity and you turn it into an advantage, huh? So if you know anything about Ohio State, we played against him, and Antoine had a good game, but he somebody made a play on him. And I didn't know the whole story. I thought Antoine Rogers, every time they played that, when he caught the ball on him, and it was, oh, fuck, it is what it was. I was like, man, that's got to be as problematic with Charles Rogers. Difference is Antoine Rogers is a manager, excuse me, at Amazon in Atlanta. Difference is Antoine Rogers gets paid a stipend every time that clip is shown. So just because something happened negative to make history, as you look at history now, can you rewrite history and take that disadvantage and turn it to advantage? Clarify, rephrase, isolate and close. And the, and the in-between is talk to somebody. Bird or Antoine Rogers talked to his agent. His agent was like, yo, I got an idea. They're going to keep playing that clip regardless. So you might as well get paid for it. So this is going to be an opportunity to reinvest in your mind, your community, and we're going to do it with or without you, CJ. With or without you, Cal. With or without, no, I'm black for life. So BFL, we're doing this together. And it might be uncomfortable. You might not like the conversations, but they are going to be had. And it's going to be played and repeated and listened. And guess what? If you want to have a conversation with me, Sure. If you don't want to have a conversation with me, sure. But show me that you step up every single day because the kids need it. The kids want to be you. The kids want to be us. We got to show them 
at halftime what mistakes we made. We got to change. As a dad, I got a daughter. As a coach, I got to be better. As an athlete, I made mistakes. As a man, I'm divorced, but I'm still in a relationship with the mother of my daughter, Megan. Communication can change situations for the better. So I don't necessarily know why everybody has a challenge having conversations. But if you want to leave uh, your comments and concerns, please reach out to me at butler.kelly44 at gmail.com. And seriously, if you really got something on your chest, call me, 204-880-7912. Talk to me. 